0: My name is Dana Alston. You're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. Hey there, you're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. I'm Dana Alston. I'm a film critic and senior culture writer for the Daily Emerald. Joining me here in the studio is...
1: Hi, I'm Kylie. I'm the video desk editor for the Daily Emerald and an avid movie buff.
0: Yes, and today we'll be discussing Wonder Woman, the landmark release for Warner Brothers and DC Comics, um, the first kind of generally agreed upon, critically at least, um, quality blockbuster of the year. Um, and a huge step forward for DC Comics, given their, the quality of their last couple of releases. What do you think about the movie?
1: Uh, I really, really liked the movie, and I liked it a lot more than I expected to. I was going in sort of suspicious of its overall quality after being so rudely burned by Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. which, I, um, which I was hoping was going to be super good. So I was just in that theater, fully invested in her story and this movie, and um, I was blown away by it.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I actually, though, came in with the opposite expectations just because I'd been paying attention to the critical response. Full disclosure going in, um, I am generally adverse to what DC is trying to do with their whole cinematic universe thing. It just feels to me like a huge cash grab and an opportunity to compete with Marvel even kind of retroactively without doing half of the work that Marvel has done with their universe. But uh you know, start the review started pouring in and at one point it peaked at around ninety seven percent on the Rotten Tomato meter, so I just discovered that this was a movie worth seeing, which is a good great thing, obviously for movies in general, but I was generally surprised at how good it is given DC's track record.
1: Yeah, I've always been really annoyed with uh, Warner Brothers' interpretation of DC because they have all my favorite heroes. Since I was a kid, I've loved Catwoman and Batman and Harley Quinn, and I've been all here for the properties that they own. And every single time they've gone in the opposite direction to where I as a viewer want them to go. I don't really need my comic book movies to be like Saving Private Ryan level serious. Mm Like they're, they're dumb popcorn movies and that's okay. And so Marvel, a whole host of heroes that I never read in comic books growing up and then never watched in any of the cartoons that were on, you know, Nick at night when we were kids. Right. Um, they're like, they're making the type of movies that I want to watch. But I did get to a point a few years ago where I saw what I thought was going to be like my final superhero movie. I really was like, all right, we're we're like 25 deep. I'm not sure how I can. Which one was it? Um, It was Age of Ultron. Oh, yeah. I was like, okay, I think I have seen all of the comic book movies my life can handle, and that was not the case. I've seen, like, three in 2017, so I think we're still going strong. But this is going to be our Western, right? We're just going to, like, look back at this, like, 15 (laughs) years and be like, oh, I guess we don't make superhero movies like they used to when we're old and yelling at people to get off our lawns.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, Yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, just, I mean... DC and Warner Brothers, as you point out, their interpretation of DC has been the complete polar opposite of Marvel, which is an interesting choice because Marvel, like you said, is going for these popcorny kind of almost cartoonish, colorful interpretations of these superheroes, whereas DC is going for a very dark and brooding and almost heady um, interpretation of the superhero genre. It feels like, I don't know, like if... I don't know if you've read Watchmen, but if Watchmen's critiques were brought into the genre and they just kind of went from there. Um,
1: Wait, it was Watchmen also Zack Snyder's it fault. It was. It was also oh, Zack Snyder's no. fault. Oh Yeah, <laughs> comic.
0: The comic book's brilliant though.
1: It is. It's a real. It's a brilliant comic book. But something just clicked in my brain to where yeah, the Watchmen stamp is really all over the DC universe. Yeah. And I was Suicide Squad their first like outstanding or excuse me, Um, off of Wonder Woman, which is clearly a huge departure. Was Suicide Squad supposed to be their first departure and that it just didn't work?
0: I, I think it was, yeah, I think it was their attempt to more or less copy Guardians of the Galaxy. They're trying to get that camaraderie between heroes and the dialogue flowing back and forth, but it was just so lazily edited and chopped up and put together, and it just felt like it had studio hands all over it that it didn't work. We should discuss, though, what makes Wonder Woman such a great departure from... Those other films like Suicide Squad of Batman versus Superman. Um, for me, I mean, it, it's an origin story, and we've seen like countless other origin stories within this genre. What worked, I think, was um, the characters specifically once um, the main character Deanna played by Gal Godot, or is it Gal Godot? I've heard it. Two
1: I have ways. no idea, but I know that she is uh, Israeli. Yes. So I'm sure there's a really fun way to say it that we're both getting wrong. But I'm going right. to go with Godot because. Rolls
0: off the tongue. Mm -hmm.
1: Gal Gadot like sounds like something you would name a girl, you know.
0: Um, So Gal Gadot, whose performance is incredible from front to back Mm -hmm. um, and the cast around her are all very colorful and carry this sort of lightness that's been missing from this entire um, this entire universe. You know, you have Chief, the Native American guy who's sort of leading them through the the fronts of World War One. Then you have like a Scottish sniper who can't who can't really hit anything, but he's just sort of this like joke cracking um, sidekick. So we have Chris Pine as Steven Taylor. I'm just going to assume that's his correct name. It does, yeah. doesn't come to mind immediately, but um, and I just I think the cast all play play e- off of each other very well, and it um, makes it much more watchable rather than this very dark brooding experience.
1: Yeah, um, so first let me start off with sort of a joke question. Where do you rank your superhero Chris's right now? Like today, who is your number one Chris backwards through Hemsworth, Evans, and Pratt, and Pine?
0: <sighs> Evans is number one because Captain America's Bay. Okay. Um, I guess, can you list them off again?
1: All right, so we have Chris Pine, yeah. Hemsworth, Evans, and Pratt.
0: Okay, Chris Pratt's number two. Two Hemsworth, Hemsworth is number three, and then this Pine has to be number four because so far he's only been in one movie. No spoilers.
1: He was in he was in the Star Trek movies.
0: That's not a superhero.
1: Okay, um, we'll we'll, we'll debate about that off mic. It, okay. Anyway. Well, my point in asking that question is Chris Pine completely launched himself up into just full leading man territory for me and he carried this movie just as much as Gal Gadot did because mm-hmm. it really did deflate for me after the first act. Mm-hmm. Once they got to London and were wandering around World War 1, I, I was like, okay, I care about this a lot less than like than like all of these like athletes fighting on an island, which is like what I was actually here for. Yeah. So their chemistry propelled me through the rest of the movie when we just sort of started getting trapped in, like the superhero origin story like beats but also the, that setting was so unique that it didn't ever feel like that we were treading on ground that we've tread before and right. I did really like that wherever Diana went as a character and as a leader she was just trusted to be in charge and so there wasn't like were growing into hero dumb, Sort of by the time we got to, like, minute 40 of that movie, she was, like, in costume and running it. And right. that I found to be also really, really fun.
0: I agree. But uh, to counter what you said, there, I think the London section, and I agree with you, kind of dragged for me a bit, be- almost because Chris Pine is the one trusted to lead that entire sequence. Um, and it feels... I don't know. For, for a film that's directed by a woman and carries with it a, a lot of feminist undertones for obvious reasons it seems counter to its own narrative that it would have chris pine being the one more or less in charge and telling deanna what to do and say in that entire sequence granted it makes sense she hasn't been in in basically the real world before Mm -hmm. and she has to learn all of its customs and you know societal tweaks but or yet you know what i mean but i don't know it it felt odd to have a female character ultimately again led by a man (laughs)
1: That's actually a trope called Born Sexy Yesterday, and it comes up in science fiction over and over again, specifically the fifth element and Tron Legacy and um, Ex Machina, where you get a female character who is either an extraterrestrial or a robot or someone who's not like of this world, but who's also an adult who then it's like the first man that they meet is going to guide them through this journey, okay. and that was a huge, like digging your own grave and falling in it, sort of thing that like this this whole plot did. But I do not know how you tell an origin story of a god in any other way. Like I thought about it for a long time, and Thor had to do that as well. Just it was the it was the male yeah version. the I mean, gender
0: rules were yeah reversed. the gender
1: roles were reversed. So I think that they get a little bit of a pass in the way that you um. Diana and Wonder Woman, who, you know, they never call her Wonder Woman in this movie. Did did you catch that? Yeah, I did. So uh, Diana um, is an extraterrestrial, basically. And so that um, it it had like a slapstick comedy undertone that worked for me. Um, but yeah, Themyscira, her home island, where Robin Penn and not one but two different Victoria Secret models. Are... Isn't it Robin Wright? Yeah, Robin. Yeah, Robin Wright. She used to be married to Sean Penn. Sorry, Robin Wright. <laughs> um, uh, Robin Wright and um, a bunch of Victoria Secret models and Olympic athletes are fighting on an island, trading for a war that they're convinced is coming, was just I immediately started crying when that little girl was standing there, like, throwing air punches. All I wanted to do is hang out on this island with, like, these (laughs) ladies. And it was so fun for me just to watch all of them being mean and powerful and, like, just, like, abs for days and falling off of horses. And I was like, this is super cool. Um, and that sequence alone, like, the joy that I got from the beginning of the movie really, really propelled me through all of it. And I only, I only ever really got to those highs again in that trenches sequence. I was
0: about to bring that up.
1: Yeah, where she throws off the cape and we're, like, in full costume, which yeah, appeared... Yeah, this is
0: basically the unveiling of Wonder Woman proper, mm-hmm. um, in which she charges an entire World War I German trench by herself and basically... Destroys an entire German outpost and
1: yeah, completely occupy, wins
0: occupying a Belgium town. That I think ranks up with the first reveal of Iron Man as like as the top the best mm-hmm. unveiling of a superhero's powers we've seen in a standalone mm-hmm. film. Um, you know, you have movies like Doctor Strange. I don't know if you saw that, but um, mm-hmm. that didn't have a sequence as impactful as this one was. I was on the edge of my seat the entire time, and yeah, I my mouth was agape because it was one of the most badass things I've ever seen.
1: Oh, yeah. I was super here for it. And that and that's also when we heard, the the first time we heard her theme, which had popped up in Batman v Superman. Yeah. Compo- um,
0: originally composed by Hans Zimmer.
1: Hans Zimmer. Awesome. And it's got an electric cello and it, you're just like, the combination of the costume and the music and the sequence was just completely, um, I don't know, o- like overpowering in a good way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I completely agree. Just the fact that she's Casually strolling through no man's land, deflecting bullets with her wrists.
1: <laughs> yeah. Did you feel like that this movie um, held up to the superhero origin story genre, like beats in a in too close of a way, a good enough way, or like not enough? Like, did we get everything we needed? Because I still don't know if Wonder Woman can fly. I was I was trying to figure that out the whole movie.
0: <laughs> I think she can jump very high. Okay. I walked away thinking that she could not fly.
1: Okay. Um, and then we don't really, and then we don't really know like a lot of the ins and outs of what Wonder Woman can do and who she would win against, and because there's no other superheroes really in this movie. Right. So, did it live up to what we needed an origin story to accomplish? Assuming that we're gonna have sequels until you and I are in our early thirties. Right. Um, I
0: think it did, be, but I mean, you mentioned that we didn't necessarily get the aesthetic context that we. Um, usually get in superhero films we don't know like you for example you said we don't understand the extent of her powers quite as well at the same time i think that works for a couple of reasons one the power she has mostly are beholden to the weapons she carries like the sword and the shield and the whip we um patty jenkins the director and the screenwriter i can't remember his name unfortunately forgive me um he's they take their time to set up what these weapons are specifically at the beginning, especially with the whip who we, which we learn can compel who anyone who's bounded by it to tell the truth. Second, I don't think, um, I think this film has a different set of goals and that's to set up the emotional context, the emotional context for the character. Um, because Batman V Superman featured Wonder Woman at the very end as they fought doomsday. Um, we already, I mean, we, um, the director and the screenwriter can assume that the audience already has some sort of aesthetic context for the character now it's her backstory, what drives her um, you'll, you'll recall that the opening narration of the film is this me- uh, meditation on um, what it means to save the world and whether she really wanted to save the world, is humanity truly good I think that's the kind of questions those are the kind of questions that the film sets out to answer, not how far can she punch this particular dude
1: yeah. Um, well, I didn't see Batman v. Superman, not because I've heard that it was terrible, but because I heard that it was three hours and four minutes long. Yeah, it's awful. And I was like, mm, no, hard pass.
0: It's the most drab experience.
1: But um, yeah, it did answer it. It toed toyed with questions of morality mm-hmm. in a way that didn't make it feel like a kid's movie. Like, you know, Disney movies are constantly talking about like hard black and white moral questions um but it also didn't make it feel like a traditional war movie either where you're also toying with like what are humanity's li- l- limits of kindness to one another. Right. It had like this really interesting way of being like in the middle. So there were some like incredibly cheesy lines about like love conquers all and stuff, but mostly I thought that they were really um re- re- really asking the right questions and giving them believable enough answers for a movie that also has like flying monsters in it.
0: Sure. Spoilers on that.
1: But. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. Um, All right. What was... Oh, so do you think that this movie, now that it's, like, a huge blockbuster and critical hit, are we going to get more, like, female-led superhero movies, or is this the one we get? Like, are we not going to get one again? See,
0: that's that's a question I've been asking myself, because I think, if you look on the other side of the proverbial pond at Marvel, um, their, like, major contribution to the female superhero canon is more or less a secret agent with no actual like superhuman powers. Um so they've sort of given themselves an out in terms of like can we build a f- movie around this this character Black Widow? Well, she doesn't actually have powers. So I think that's a little disingenuous for them to do, but it's a reality. I think definitely going forward this at the very least proves that female leads can hold their own and that's not that's a question that we didn't necessarily have to have answered, but we can we at least prove that like People are going to flock to the theater to see a superhero movie, whether it's a female lead or not. And I think that's really important. It's also a huge step forward because Patty Jenkins, the director of the film, is like the first woman to have this kind of box office return for a film directed by a a woman ever. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge
1: deal. The, The other two are super depressing, too. It's Twilight and Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. And I was like, oh, boy, we we got some work to do here. Yeah.
0: Works that are basically sexist.
1: Yeah. Well, also and just like works that you would traditionally hire a woman to direct, you know. Yeah. So this is not like she um, in the same way that Catherine B- B- Bigelow is out here directing war movies. You know, mm-hmm. it's a really, really great move in that direction for both for in front of the camera and behind the camera. Yeah. And I sort of asked you a misleading question because I do remember that Brie Larson, our current reigning Oscar Oscar winner best actress um, or last year's is going to be Captain Marvel in 2018 okay, so yeah. I sort of asked you a question that already had that's an funny it feels
0: like it feels like the two it feels like Disney and Warner Brothers are going basically punching each other back and forth because now we have Wonder Woman Marvel's coming back with cap with Captain Marvel We're gonna have this back and forth for a long time going forward um starting with November's Justice League which, I am very skeptical about mostly because Zack Snyder uh, is behind the camera was behind the camera for principal photography he recently left the film because of the tragic death of his daughter condolences Zack sorry we rip on your movies Um, Joss Whedon's come in to do the post production on that film I'm interested to see where it goes and I'm interested to see whether Marvel or rather DC steps in the right direction after Wonder Woman I think they did a lot right with this movie I don't know if they're going to be able to keep it up
1: Oh, okay. The trailer um, for the Justice League that aired before Wonder Woman gave me no confidence whatsoever. I was really like I was watching it and I was like, oh, boy, this is going to hurt, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. Well, good luck, guys. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm I'm hopeful
0: for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe it's just. Any very time there's a superhero movie, I'm at least somewhat interested. Unless it's Ant-Man. Ant-Man's the worst one I've ever seen. Really? I hate Ant-Man.
1: Did you hate it before you watched it or after?
0: No, after.
1: Okay. Well, the one that I want the most from DC is they had this TV show in the 90s called Birds of Prey. I don't know why it was called that, but it was Bat, um, Batgirl, Catwoman, Poison Ivy, and Harley Quinn going on female adventures. And it was really, really dumb and amazing. And they need to make it a movie because it was all of them, like, doing petty theft. They weren't actually solving any crimes. Like, they were, like, stealing diamonds and stuff. It's wonderful. That's awesome. So I need that movie urgently. I want that,
0: I want that movie, too.
1: But Aquaman I want it purely on the strength of Jason Momoa's charisma. And, I, and abs. And abs, yeah. Well, I mean, Khal Drogo was a lot of charisma, too. And, yeah, that's true. And, I mean, he's dating Lisa Bonet, so that's a... So, I mean, if she likes him, <laughs> I do. But I I truly... Uh, that one seems a lot more interesting and had to have a lot more potential than the whole Justice League one does, which might be too many cooks in the kitchen.
0: We're going to see. Coming, comes out this November. I hate to turn this into a Justice League plug, but... Get your wallets ready, people.
1: Yeah, we'll let you know how it goes.
0: All right. And I guess that wraps up this podcast. Once again, I'm Dana Alston.
1: And I'm Kylie Davis.
0: To hear more from the Emerald Podcast Network, you could subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud and listen to these episodes right on the Emerald Page at dailyemerald.com. Thanks for listening.
1: Thanks, guys.